blessed in every way uh, as you go through that. But this morning, Habakkuk chapter 2, I'm going to read the first verse from there. And then if you'll turn to Psalm 121. Last night, about 2 in the morning, I was just kind of wrestling and thinking, Lord, with, with everything going on, what happened in Israel is war has uh, broken out. Um, I, I just want to share my heart about some things this morning. So if my thoughts are a little bit scattered. Uh, I got through it first service. Uh, that's why. But I don't want to be routine and just go through the teaching, which I know would be a blessing. But I do want to uh, read these texts that the Lord has put on my heart um, in the days in which we're in, this situation we're seeing in Israel. Listen, folks, it's very serious. And we need prayer because um, our group was um, due to leave in 10 days to go to Israel. And so uh, there's just a lot of questions. We, if you're uh, going to Israel, we are meeting tonight for a meeting. We had it scheduled. Uh, still going to do that. I know you may have a lot of questions, and I don't have a lot of answers. Okay. Uh, but we're going to wait on the Lord, and we're going to just see what, what happens and folds. But we need your prayers as well. But let's go into Habakkuk 2, the Old Testament, Minor Prophets. We covered chapter 1 last week. As the prophet, right before the Babylonian captivity, right before very difficult days would be upon them, he's wrestling. He's really, he, he has a complaint. He's wondering about certain things. Lord, why is all this going on around us? At the end of chapter 1, if you were with us in our study last week, he's really wrestling with the Lord. So chapter 2, which we'll finish next week, uh, Lord willing, uh, we're going to see how, verse 1, he says, I will stand my watch. I will set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. And then Psalm 121 is one of the songs of the ascents that as they went up for the feast, they would sing these songs from Psalm 120 uh, up through Psalm 130 is what it is, 120 to 130. They would sing these songs particularly as they came up from Jericho, which is the lowest point on the face of the earth, the Dead Sea, up to Jerusalem. And here in Psalm 121, you're coming up through the mountains, you're coming up through the hills. The psalmist writes this, that I will lift my eyes to the hill, from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth, and he will not allow your foot to be moved. And he who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall hold neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. And the sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. In verse 7, the Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. And the Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming from this time forth and even forevermore. As Lord, we come this morning, we see the upheaval that's happening in Israel. And, and Lord, we know what your word says, that in the last days... Um, that they're going to be a cup of trembling to all the nations. They're going to be isolated. We know that the prophetic word says that they will be the focal point of that seven-year period called the tribulation period. But even right now, as we see these things unfolding before us, it is told to us of the birth pangs and the signs, lawlessness will abound, that the love of many will grow cold, that there will be the perplexity of nations with distress, 
facing problems that they don't know how to solve. We know that there's wars and rumors of wars. We know that things are being set and the stage um, being set for the unfolding of the last things that will be before us. But Lord, we also know that you have a plan for your church, and that is to remove us before the darkest hour of mankind takes place. And Lord, may we be ones that are discerning of the days in which we are in. We pray for our nation. As we see the turmoil even in our own nation, every day we turn on the news, even in our own state of the violence, our young people being killed by gunfire. We see the upheaval, the lawlessness. We see that sin is abounding, that people are getting further away from you, that we're becoming a nation that says we don't want you anymore. Our government is in turmoil. We don't even have a Speaker of the House. And Lord, yet we, we look for a leader that Lord will bring some stability. But there's confusion. And Lord, we know that there is going to be one that's going to rise up in the last days that will proclaim himself as the world leader. So Lord, I pray that we would be wise and discerning and keep our focus on you. We pray for our first responders. I'm very thankful for our peace officers. Lord, I pray you protect them, that you bless their families, that they would come home after their watch each and every day safe, that you give them wisdom and you give them courage, you give them strength. And Lord, we're thankful for them. I'm thankful for each one here in the places that you have put us, in the hospitals and in the schools, in the retail shops, the mechanic shops, in the restaurants and fast foods, out in the field, Lord, that we would be light and that we would redeem the time because the days are evil. And as a church, Lord, that we keep our focus on you in every way, not to get distracted with hype, striving. But Lord, we would be about the gospel. We would be about, Lord, being a blessing to others around us that are linked to us in our lives. So Lord, as, as I talk about these things on my heart, that Lord, I pray that um, we would leave here just once again knowing that you want to do so much and not to be distracted because we can easily get our focus on other things. And Lord, we do have lives. We have cares of life. But Lord, we don't want to be taken away from what is to be a priority. So Lord, just help us be attentive right now. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. I do ask that you would pray for our group as we're getting, you know, making plans. We don't know if we're going to be able to go to Israel because, of, as many of you know, as war broke out yesterday. And I don't, I don't want to be a, a news feed line because you read the news as well. But um, it is very serious. It was interesting when we met last month, 
pretty much ready to go uh, to Israel. We just got our tickets. We're supposed to fly to Germany and then into Tel Aviv. They have suspended flights uh, from Munich and Frankfurt into Tel Aviv, as I know yesterday and today. Um, I, I got a good friend in Colorado Springs who's supposed to be leading a group uh, on Tuesday. So things are very much uncertain. U.S. airlines have canceled flights into Israel. As the Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has said, we are at war. It's not an operation. It's not a, you know, uh, a military uh, excursion into Gaza. This is war. As uh, Gaza, the um, you know, Hamas who rules Gaza, uh, would fire their rockets into Israel. I think 5,000 of them, and then broke through the barrier, and over 1,000 uh, Palestinian militant terrorists went into the cities that are near Gaza and began killing people. I believe uh, Jerusalem Post has uh, said that over 500 now are dead in Israel. Uh, some are still missing. They took hostages. Israel's worst nightmare happened, and that is when they take civilians hostage. Um, and what I also have heard is that they're thinking some Americans were taken hostages, too, to Gaza. They paraded them through the streets of Gaza, IDF soldiers that were killed, uh, taking some of them hostage. So the situation is very, very serious as war has been declared against Hamas. Also this morning, we know that Hezbollah has fired a few rockets into Israel from the north. Will that war expand? We don't know for sure. But it brings a challenge to, you know, the Israeli defense forces as they have the civilians that are there in Gaza that, um, that you know, it's, they haven't had that many since the raid on Entebbe when the last Israeli plane was taken, I believe, in 72 is when that took place. So it is very serious. And, and we look at it, and even militants, those terrorists, some are still missing. They're still out there in those cities. They're looking for them. So, um, you know, things are um, heated up, and we don't know if the war is going to expand. So, again, just pray for wisdom and uh, as we see these things that are unfolding. And, you know, as we think about it, um, once again, these events happen that kind of wake us up. And my prayer for us as a church is that we would be discerning of the days in which we are in. And, and as we look at these events, uh, we know that Israel is going to be the focal point of end-time prophecy. I was hoping to wait till New Year's Eve to do a prophecy update, maybe doing some before that. Um, but be in prayer for us, be in prayer for the group as we're set to go. I know that we're, we're disappointed. Um, when we had our last meeting last month, I said to the group, be patient, because I don't control airline schedules if they cancel a flight. I don't control the weather, and I don't control if war breaks out. And we're, we're facing that. So it, it doesn't look really good right now, but we're going to wait and see. We're going to pray tonight as we meet once again. Pray for those who are over there. Uh, they're trying to get people out right now, I believe. Israelis are trying to get back into Israel uh, to get back home. So uh, just a lot of chaos and people trying to figure things out as we move forward. There have been those who have written to me already or uh, emailed me, and they've asked, is this uh, the prelude to Ezekiel chapter 38? We don't know, or Isaiah chapter 17. 
It could be stage setting events. I think we've seen that for a while. And if you're not familiar with Ezekiel 38 and get online, you can listen to those teachings. But in short, Ezekiel 38 is that prophecy that speaks of a major war that's going to happen as a confederation of nations are going to come against Israel, led by Russia, Iran, and Turkey. Those, those alliances have been made. Um, and also, be careful who it is that you're listening to because there's going to be a ton of information that's out there. There's going to be a lot of conspiracy theories that are out there. That's been happening ever since COVID. Just be wise and discerning of the days in which we're in. Um, the national alert that went out, you got that, all of you, on Thursday. The things that are being said are just ridiculous. Um, that it's connected to the vaccine and, you know, and, you know, even one that was saying, you know, and it's a signal to those who got vaccinated and kind of like they'll turn into zombies, things like that. And <laughs> just be careful, you know, don't waste time with those things. But there's good sources out there. Be informed on in what's going on. Uh, Amir Safati from Behold Israel is a good source on Telegram. Many of you have listened to him. I traveled with Amir. Uh, before he, you know, his ministry exploded 20 years ago, right after 9-11, after we came out of New York City and being down at Ground Zero and ministering. We were in Israel. We were the only group. There was a small group of us, uh, but he's a good source. He's trying to get back to Israel. He speaks at a lot of Calvary chapels, a lot of churches. He was due to speak in Delaware to a large Calvary chapel, and um, he had to cancel. He said, I got to get home. And he's got good resources. Uh, uh, Joel Rosenberg, uh, Epicenter, uh, his updates on Israel as well, as well as um, you know Mark Hitchcock, uh, some good, good Bible teachers that are just going to give you the information, and you can read that information. Uh, but uh, what is you know what's interesting about that national alert that came out is that Russia had the same thing on the same day. So what does that mean? I don't know. I don't know, but it's a dangerous world in which we're living in. And it's, it's nothing new. You know, some were saying, this is new. The government, you know, said they, they can control you. A law was passed in 2015. This is the third time that it's happened. But in concordance with that, Russia having the same thing on the same day. One of the other things, too, is 5,000 missiles were fired into Israel uh, from Hamas uh, into the cities. There was a lot of destruction. You've seen the pictures. They have the Iron Dome defense um, system that would shoot down a lot of those missiles. And the IDF, the Israeli Defense Forces, have been pretty kind of quiet a little bit about it. But many of those missiles got through. They don't, people don't understand why. The analysis, others. And uh, there's been no comment on it. But there's a some have suspected that perhaps their defense system has been tampered with. And there's only two superpowers that are, have the technology to be able to do that. One is the United States. And we can have confidence that we didn't do it. The other is Russia. So there are those who are saying we're already fighting Russia. And that Russia is, is looking to come against Israel. Ezekiel 38 is that confederation of nations that will come in from the north. If the front, the fighting starts in the north, um, it could be a prelude, some suspect, to Isaiah 17 where Damascus is destroyed, where, you know, Hezbollah ends up being destroyed. Ezekiel 38 speaks about a large confederation of nations coming into Israel and then God defending Israel. 
And even as we read here that uh, as this song of the ascent, that the Lord says that I'm going to be your helper. I'm going to be your keeper. I'm not going to sleep or slumber, slumber concerning Israel. And listen, he isn't for you as well. We are living in perilous times. And it's something that we don't have to be afraid of because God has a wonderful plan for you and for me. And the Lord says, I want you to be watching. I want you to be waiting. I come at a time where you're least expected. And I think that, and I'm not saying this critically, I'm saying this with concern, that there are many Christians that are asleep right now and distracted with many things. And we all have cares of life. We do. We really do. We got kids that raise. We got, you know, jobs that we have, businesses, family to take care of, kids playing sports, things that we enjoy doing. Listen, I understand that. But I think ever since COVID that maybe some bad habits have happened. Do you realize after COVID, about 20% of those who were coming to church didn't come back? And again, I say that brokenheartedly. I was talking to, to Ed Taylor. He said 50% didn't come back. Now, more people have come, and, and more people have, you know, have come back, but I think, where are they? And as I remember being out in my forerunner, sitting there in the parking lot during COVID, um, I remember thinking, Lord, my ministry is over. You know, nobody's here. I'm preaching to an empty sanctuary. I took the puppets from the children's ministry and put them in the front row here. I did, <laughs> just to, to have something to look at. But I thought, it, it's done. It's, it's, you're done with me, and the Lord spoke to me very clearly. He said, you need to quit your sniveling, wipe your nose, and get in there. Because I have things for you to do. And he's got things for us to do in these last days. Redeeming the time for the days are evil. And to set our eyes on the Lord. And again, you know, just going to the Lord and saying, Lord, in the days in which we're in, what would you have me to do? And we can look around us and we can say like the prophet here, Habakkuk, that, Lord, I, I see the, the corruption. I see the injustice. I see, you know, the ungodliness, the immorality. Yes, we see it and it concerns us. And he's really wondering. And at the end of chapter one, he gets to the place of wrestling. And we can come to that place of really wrestling like I did. I was really wrestling with the Lord. Lord, should I continue, you know, what's going to happen? And he does something that we need to learn, and we'll talk more about next week, Lord willing, is he says, I'm going to set my watch. I'm going to get into my tower. I'm going to set my watch, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to seek the Lord. And we can so easily get distracted with watching all the YouTubes and listening to all the conspiracies and all these other things that, that Christians do. And I'm not saying don't watch YouTube. I'm not saying that we can't be informed. But I will ask you, how much time have you been in the Word of God, reading your Bible, being discerning of the days in which we are in? And to know that the Lord is our keeper. That's what Psalm 121 is. The Lord is our keeper. He's our helper, verses 3 and 4. Second of all, he is our keeper. God's not asleep. 
He is our strength. And the Lord's eyes are upon you and me. And even as we discussed last week in verse 4 of chapter 1, Habakkuk, you have this complaint, but know this, that I am working a work in the day in which you were in. You may not understand it all, but I am working. And we can see things around us that are falling apart, but really as we look at the whole scripture and what is before us, that they're really falling into place. Because the last days are going to be perilous times. Not that they might be perilous times, or it could be, or Paul didn't write right before he was executed, that I hope it isn't perilous times. He said it will be perilous times. It's going to be fierce and very violent days. And there's going to be lovers of self. There's going to be those with corrupt minds and counterfeits that are going to be around. There's going to be those that have a form of godliness but denying its power. Those who are always seeking knowledge but never coming to the truth. And those who live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. That's the days in which we're living in. And in the latter days, there's going to be those who are going to depart from the faith, given over to doctrines of demons. And we are told in the scriptures continually that we are to watch, to be sober, to be vigilant, the Lord said, because they do come at an hour that you do not expect. And what we see in the church today is that there's more and more of we don't need to be watching. Or we don't need to be concerned about the coming of the Lord. Or we don't need to be looking for these signs. We don't have to look for signs around every corner. But we need to wake up when something like this happens. It's like wake up out of your slumber and sleep. The Lord doesn't slumber and sleep. And neither should we. And I pray that it stirs our hearts. That God wants to do so much. He has us here for such a time as this. So if it does anything. That in the days ahead, which could be difficult, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if this is going to spread. I don't know if this is a prelude to Ezekiel 38, which, by the way, when you read Ezekiel 39, it's the only chapter in the Bible that speaks of a cleanup after a battle, and it speaks very clearly of nuclear weapons being used. No, no bones being poisoned. Can't touch the bones. I remember teaching on it, and a guy in the military came up to me, and tears in his eyes. He said, that's exactly what I was trained to do after a chemical or biological or nuclear exchange, to put flags by the bones. We can't touch it for a number of weeks, months. That's Ezekiel 39, written 2,500 years ago. They had to burn the weapons. Got a good friend that goes here, nuclear engineer. He said, yeah, we helped, I helped, and... The project of cleaning up Rocky Flats, we had to destroy the weapons. We burned them. It took seven years. That's in Ezekiel 39. So the world isn't getting more rosy and cheery, and it's getting darker. I pray for an outpouring of God's spirit in these last days and Christians are getting all involved in new apostolic reformation and the church is going to grow and they're super apostles and prophets and we're going to take over the world. Sounds great, but it's not going to happen because I know what my Bible says. That it's going to be perilous times, apostasy, false teachers, nations in distress, these are all birth pangs that will culminate in the tribulation period. So what manner of men and women are we to be in holy conduct? To be about the things of the Lord. Listen, God wants to use us, and he has stirred my heart 
to where at one time I was thinking, well, Lord, I guess you're kind of done with me. He's like, no, I'm not done with me, with you, Jeff, and he's not done with us. The language of ministry is we, us. So I ask a couple things that you be in prayer. Keep praying. Be praying for me. Be praying for the leadership for this church. God wants to do so much. We have a young man that's planning a church. Um, it's, we were supporting and are supporting Corey uh, down in Peru. And uh, I've made trips there. And most of you know of it, the ministry. And it's just exploded. And there's revival taking place in South America through the Calvary Chapels and Calvary Bible Institute. And we have a young man from this church who went down there about five, six years ago with the um, young adults. And he didn't come back. He stayed. He said, I'm staying here. And he's planning a church in Peru up in the Amazon next week. And I'm excited. And he called me up, uh, you know, um, or FaceTimed me a couple, about a month ago. And he said, can I talk to you? And he said, man, I just, I, I get discouragement from my family, from others saying, you can't do this. You're not qualified to do this. You don't have a seminary degree. You don't have a plurality of elders and all this. And I told him, just tell him to stick it in their ear and go plant your church. I was a little more diplomatic. Don't let anybody tell you you can't do that because you are ready. When I came up here to, to Greeley, to plant this church in my house. Nobody told me I couldn't do it. And the Lord is the one. It is the work of his spirits, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. So I pray for us that we would be sensitive in the days in which we're living in. Because we don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what's going to happen as we see the nation's rage and the and we see the nations that are in distress with perplexity. It means they're facing problems they don't know how to solve. And we're seeing that. And we need to be light, as we're called to be, to a dark world. And God is, is using us. You know, people pass by and say, oh, that's that little church, Calvary Chapel. Well, we're doing big things. Really, we are for the Lord. And pray for me. As they do live radio, I got four shows to do this week on Calvary Live, talking to people all over the nation. He's using our radio program. And listen, I'm not saying these things. I try not to share too much because I don't want it to be about me. And people are going, well, Pastor Jeff, you know, sure talks a lot about himself. I, I, it's not about me. But just being an instrument, Lord, however you want to use me, I just want to be available and your greatest ability, listen, is your availability. Just being available. And this is not a perfect church. Never will be. This isn't heaven. But I look at all of us with different backgrounds and different experiences. And we are the body of Christ that God wants to use to reach a community, a state, this nation, and beyond. I was over in Fort Collins um, earlier in the month, and I don't share this very often, but the feedback I got, 16-year-old girl just crying. She's saying, I want to thank you because I listened to you on the radio. I was in a bad place, a really bad place. 
And my dad didn't know what to do, and he just had me in the car, and he was driving, and he turned your radio program on, and he turned it up, and I was trying to ignore it, but I couldn't ignore it. And by the time that they were done, they had to pull over because she was just crying. She said, thanks for your word that you shared, the word that touched me. A 16-year-old girl. And I've had, you know, a, a couple um, young people in Aurora when I was teaching down there said, you know, we do, we do listen to you. Thank you. And I've called you on the radio, and it's like talking to my dad. I, I don't understand Christians that can be so mean and divisive. There are people that are hurting out there. And he's called us to love and to be that light. And we're going to stand for righteousness. But we're going to care for people. And so I talked to, you know, I met Bill Lukerman, who owns Hope FM, Philadelphia, Baltimore. Huge population areas. He said, people are asking for you to be on the radio. Bill Gamm, Radio by Grace, 80 stations throughout the nation. We're talking Atlanta, New Orleans, Fort Lauderdale, Charleston, South Carolina, Memphis, huge population areas. And it's like, Lord, okay, where you guide, you're going to provide for us. And we're going to move forward. Out of COVID came a little book that is going to come out that's being printed right now. Moving forward in difficult days to be an encouragement to you to keep your eyes on the Lord. And then we got more that's coming out, commentaries. And I think, Lord, it's a lot of work, you know, a lot of work getting them. And we got a team that helps edit these books. But we're going to have it available for you to read and then be encouraged. And it's things that you know. How to stay focused in the days in which we're in. And then pass it on to somebody else. We're not going to be about striving. We're not going to be about hype. We're not going to be about things that sometimes, and I don't want to be critical. I'm not trying to be critical. But I hear some of the things of, yeah, we got pub theology at our church. And it's like, really? We like to go to the pubs and the bars. And, you know, that's a way to get new people in and, You want to have a drink? That's between you and the Lord. I've seen alcohol destroy so many families. Marriages. Drugs, pornography. I hate it. I hate what it does. So why do we want to promote it? I, I don't understand it. Listen, there's not power in hype or striving or trying to be relevant. There is power in the gospel. And there's power in the word of God. And there's two things that we can give to people that the world can't. The world's going to give them alcohol or whatever. Why do we want to use worldly things to try to attract people? We're going to give them the word of God and we're going to give them God's love. Two things. That includes our kids. That includes our youth. That includes everyone. Because there's power in that to change people's lives. So the language of ministry is we. 
I need your help in reaching out to others, in ministry that needs to be done here, in ministering to our kids, in praying. However God may lead you. I'm not going to be up here pounding the pulpit saying, you need to get involved and you need to do this and we need no more. No, you pray about it. You seek the Lord. He's got things for us to do. And I don't want to get routine. I want to keep moving forward in these difficult days and redeeming the time because the Lord's coming back. God, I got so much more to say. I told you I was going to be a little bit, you know, scattered in my thoughts. But that's my heart. I love this church. I love being here. And I love what God is doing here. But let's not get routine. And let's not get our focus on other things. Let's be about the gospel and the word of God and prayer. That's what the early church did. Those four things, breaking bread. And the Lord added to the church daily those who are being saved. And let's keep looking and being discerning of the days in which we are in. Because more churches are being told we don't need to do that. They're not talking about the return of the Lord. It's going to get bad. Not because I said so, but the word of God says so. It is going to be perilous times. And Paul borrows that word from Matthew, describing the demoniacs. So other time that that word is found in the New Testament. And Satan is working overtime. He's working overtime in our nation, in our families, with our kids. And we need to be about the fight of the good spirit. And we're going to go through the book of Nehemiah when I get done with Habakkuk that talks just about that. God is great and awesome. And he wants to do a work. We're going to have a trial in one hand doing the work of the Lord and a sword in the other. That is the word of God. They were stationed in front of their homes. Men, take care of your families. Step up. Lead your family. Don't make excuses. Take care of your kids. Love your wife. And we need to pray for for those who are really going through it. We want to be here to encourage you and bless you any way that we can. But you take care of your home. It starts there. And you bring your kids and your wife to the Lord in prayer. It doesn't have to be anything hard or difficult. But taking your wife by the hand and saying, listen, we're going to go to the throne of God. And we're going to pray. And our kids and our home is going to be a sanctuary for the Lord. It starts there. And then here is a church. We're going to honor the word of God. And we're going to seek him. Don't try to get me distracted with other things. Because I won't. And I'm going to continue to teach the word of God chapter by chapter, verse by verse, and be available. But you have opportunity to minister to two. I watch the kids leave. They're so excited that they've been here. They love being here. So that's what's on my heart. That's all the time I have right now. The Lord has this here, even as he told Esther, for such a time as this. So, Father, we thank you. 
I pray that as we close the service that we would leave here. It's a time of really seeking you and taking inventory. And we talk about these things not to be condemning at all. No, Lord. Conviction is a good thing. It's for me as well. But Lord, as we see the things going on around us and things are changing very quickly, things that you've talked about, maybe we would be wise in the days in which we're in. But we are going to fight the good fight of the Spirit and be about the gospel and be about the word of God. And Lord, I pray that whatever you would have us to do, each, each one here, that Lord, that you would lead them and guide them. You would provide for us to be a voice of truth in a world where there's so much deception and hopelessness. May we keep our eyes on you because the trumpet's going to blow and you're going to take us home. We don't know when. We don't know the day or the hour. But redeeming the time. And Lord, living in eternity's perspectives and views. I want to pray if there's anyone here, you're not right with God, you haven't committed to Christ, he is your salvation. He died for you. Will you call out on the name of the Lord and you can pray, Jesus, I come and I... I ask that you forgive me of my sins because you made atonement for my sins. And you rose again from the grave in your life. You are the Son of God who died for me. He died for you. He cried out, it is finished. And I ask that you would be my Lord and Savior. And Lord, that we make the gospel clear. So Lord, I thank you for that which is alive, powerful, to make us new. In Jesus' name, amen. You may go ahead.